You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello, welcome back. I'm Adam Rosen, and you're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about opioids or narcotics. It's a big problem, and unfortunately, I think a lot of us came to realize how big of a problem this was too late in the game. Um, so just understand that approximately 80%, 80% of the world's narcotics are utilized in the United States by Americans. However, only 4% of the entire population is in America. So I find it hard to believe that we have so much higher pain levels than everybody else in the world. But it's a multifactorial problem because those medications have to be prescribed by somebody and they're marketed to those people who prescribe the medications by somebody. And this is actually dictated by a government that actually helps this process propagate. And now we've come to realize how big of a problem this really is. So it was interesting because an article just came out in one of our big orthopedic journals just recently, and it showed that actually the majority of narcotics for arthritis are prescribed by the primary care doctor, talking more than 90% of prescriptions for narcotics, for arthritis, are not by orthopedic surgeons. We only made about 8% of that in the entire United States. However... People are still giving it out. So you have to understand where all of this sort of came from. So if you go back, and we're talking going back now a couple decades, the government started looking at pain as what we call the fifth vital sign. So you look at you know, your heart rate, your blood pressure, temperature, how many times you breathe per minute called respirations. And they looked at pain as the fifth vital sign. And unfortunately, it set sort of this problem in motion that patients weren't supposed to have pain, which is not realistic. You're going to have pain if you have an injury or surgery. It's just we want to make sure your pain's controlled. And they potentially threatened or risked fines or held reimbursement or certain parameters and scores were dictated based on how well patient's pain is controlled. And it's not really a very scientific way. You know, it's not like a lab test where you can say your blood count is this. It's a very subjective thing. You know, I always say, you know, line 10 people up in front of you and walk by and kick all 10 of them in the shin. They're all going to have a different response. You know, somebody might drop to the floor screaming and crying. Someone might just look at you funny, like, what'd you do that for? You know, other people may jump up and down and say, ow, and then they're okay. And the same thing occurs with injuries, fractures, and surgery, that the same surgery may cause a completely different response in a particular individual. So what we were told by the government was that you can then treat this with narcotics. And the companies that made these narcotics, you know, let everybody know, hey, we have these great drugs. They control pain. They're not addictive. They won't cause any side effects. They're totally safe to use. And a lot of doctors bought onto that. And then patients started getting hooked. So you can actually build up addiction and tolerance within 72 hours. That's three days. And the other issue that we ran into was that we went top shelf. We went to the hardcore stuff right away. So if somebody had a minor surgery, what'd you do? You gave them 
50 a Percocet, 100 a Percocet, or Vicodin. You know, somebody came in with back pain. Here you go, here's a bottle full of narcotics, Percocet, Vicodin. Oh, that's not lasting long enough. Now we have long-acting medications. You know, and people realize really quickly, hey, I can use the long-acting stuff, and I can crush it and break it up and get an even bigger high. So all of these problems have led to the issues that we have today. So a lot of studies have taken a look at you know, what we've done and what we're doing and what we can do better. And what I stress with all of my patients is just to understand that if you break something, it's going to hurt. There is no magic drug in the world that makes the pain go to zero. And if you have surgery, it's going to hurt. And again, there's no magic pain that makes that or medicine that makes that pain go to zero. So just understand going into an injury or surgery, you are going to have some pain. And I always tell people, if you can sleep and you can eat and you can walk and you can talk, even though you have pain, that for the most part is what we'd consider controlled pain. You know, you see somebody over there, I mean, teeth chattering, they can't eat, they can barely move. You know, that person's in pain. You don't have to ask them what that silly pain score is on a scale of zero to 10, worst pain you've ever had. You can just look at that person and know that they're in pain. You know, we've learned to realize, unfortunately, that people may still be in pain, but some of these people that have been using a lot of narcotics, the side effect most commonly that you can see right away is their their pupils are pinpoint. You know, that's a side effect from the narcotic. You know, these are people that will look you straight in the eye and while they're answering your question, fall asleep because they're so overdosed on narcotics and tell you, oh, my pain's a 12 out of 10. I need more medicine. That person obviously is not in pain that's significant enough that you can see it. Now, they may feel pain or they may be drug-seeking. That's always the difficult part. You know, is there really a problem? But we have to change the story and we have to change the picture and we have to change the way that we treat pain. And we have. But I don't think patients have understood this well because the, not the new, this has been around for years now, but the way that we treat a lot of pain is scheduled, meaning around the clock. And you've heard this before in some of my other talks, non-narcotic. So these are medicines to control pain that are not opioids, not narcotics. And the idea of this is to make sure that we're preventing the peaks and the valleys, right? Because this is what would happen when we used to give out lots of Percocet for pain or if you were in the hospital and getting IVs. Your pain level spikes. You have no medicine on board. So we give you a shot or we give you a pill, and that makes the pain go away. Quicker if you get an IV shot. Quicker if you get an intramuscular shot. Sort of quick if you get a pill. But what happens is, as that pain goes away, the effect of the medicine takes a hold, And as the effect sort of is higher on the scale, that's where the side effects come in. The nausea, the vomiting, the cool, clammy skin, the irritability. The more you take of it, the constipation. So all of those side effects are a problem. And then what happens? Medicine wears off. Now what happens? You're in pain again. So what happens? Give you another shot. Give you another pill. And it was up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. So patient's pain was not well controlled. So what we realize is if you can control the pain better by staying ahead of the pain and using different what we call modimodal medications, you did a better job of controlling patient's pain and symptoms. And they were more comfortable. And if they had surgery, their outcomes were better. So what we typically will use now for most patients is acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. The dosing would be based on the patient, but around the clock. So you might give, say, 1,000 milligrams every eight hours or 500 milligrams every eight hours. And then you may add to that an anti-inflammatory 
There's some prescription anti-inflammatories that we use that are once or twice a day. Or you might use something like ibuprofen, which is Motrin or Advil. You can take that three times a day, typically in a safe fashion. And you might use a dose, say, of three over-the-counter pills, which is 600 milligrams. And that's a pretty common dosing for a lot of minor surgeries or traumatic injuries that did not require surgery, or even after major surgeries as a baseline. So you're on these these acetaminophen and anti-inflammatory medications, and what it's been shown is that those medicines can actually be almost equivalent to some of these low-dose narcotics without any narcotic side effects, without the addiction, without the constipation, without the cool and clamminess and the fuzzy in the head, you know, all of those things help. Now, there are some other medicines that we can use, but this is a good starting point. You know, a lot of dental procedures, this is what the dentist may recommend to you. Go home and take, you know, two Advil and two Tylenol and take that dose of those four pills three times a day. But you need to take it if you can time it for a surgery prior to the surgery starts, we pre-medicate. Or if you had an injury right now, it may take a little bit to kick in. So just think about it. If you were sick and you went to your doctor's office and you had, say, strep throat and they gave you an antibiotic, you don't go home, take a pill, and your sore throat and pain go away. Most people realize it takes two or three days. And that, that medicine is building up in your system to reach a level where it can be very effective. So when people take a Tylenol or and Advil or and Aleve and say, oh, those medicines don't work for me. It's just that you didn't take enough of it for long enough. So we can control the pain that way. You don't necessarily need to jump to a narcotic. Now, there's some other medicines that we use in addition to the acetaminophen and anti-inflammatories that may help pain. And just realize things like ice, you know, if there's swelling, elevation, sometimes motion of the joint, all of those things can help pain just moving around. You know, if you had a belly surgery in some form or fashion, they're telling you, get up and walk around on a frequent basis. Not only does it help your symptoms, decreases the risk of blood clots, decreases the risk of constipation. Now, all those things are really helpful. So what about narcotics? So if we have to use narcotics, we want to use the least amount of narcotics for the smallest amount of time. And then a lot of studies have now shown that if you need an opioid, a narcotic, for a fracture or for a minor surgery, You should not be on that stuff for more than 72 hours. And just understand that if you had surgery today, in three days, your pain, for the most part, should be getting better. So you shouldn't take more pills as the days go on. Now, if you have major surgery, some of those patients may require narcotics for up to two weeks. But again, over that two-week period, you should be using less and less narcotic. But again, top shelf is not where you start. So we have people that will go home, and they'll take narcotics, and they go through them all, and they stop taking the acetaminophen, they stop using the anti-inflammatory, they stop elevating, they stop icing, and they just suck down the narcotics. Now they're constipated, and they want to refill. But they forgot, hey, I need to take the less risky stuff first and maximize that before you take the stronger stuff, which is riskier. So you have to make sure that the thinking's correct, and then you'll have patients, you're not giving me any pain medicine. No, 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 no. We're not giving more narcotic you know, because we know that the narcotic has a lot more risks and side effects. So we want to make sure that we maximize non-narcotic, less riskier op, uh, medications. And if they fail, there may be a reason or need to then add a narcotic or an opioid on top of that. And when that occurs, then the symptoms get better. So the problem that arises is that if you have pain and your surgeon says, I'm not going to then give you more narcotic, you shouldn't necessarily then call your primary because 
That's the problem that we ran into, and that's what you saw with this recent study, was that 92% of narcotics are prescribed not by orthopedic surgeons, you know, by the primary or the ER. So just also understand that, you know, I think there's a lot of great emergency room doctors now that will not prescribe narcotics for minor ankle sprains and injuries and arthritis. You know, they may give you a prescription strength of acetaminophen or an anti-inflammatory, or if your pain's that severe, they may give you two pills or five pills. But the days of getting 100 pills of narcotics, you know, are far and gone. And I understand, I'm not going to get into the details. There are some people with chronic pain issues. Um, that's a whole separate issue and topic. So bone pain from um, metastatic cancer, cancer patients, things like that, inoperable patients. That's, that's a different category of people. Um, but for the most part, I just like my patients to understand, and, and you should understand too, that if you have symptoms, um, hopefully your, your primary and your emergency room is not just giving you narcotics first. And if they are... Um, you know, even question, you know, is there something that I can use that's milder or is less risky? Because at the end of the day, you know, I've seen it all. Um, I've seen patients on narcotics, sometimes even for short periods of time with severe constipation, so bad that grown adults needed to come to op- to hospitals, to emergency rooms and be manually disimpacted. Um, and it was that severe. I've seen people get so constipated that the straining to have a bowel movement caused a perforation or a hole in their bowel, in their gut, requiring emergency surgery. I've seen people get the use of narcotics has led to addiction, um, and I've seen people struggle to get off of it. Most commonly, though, and it's important that as much as I can talk to my patients, I see the mental changes, even in the short period of time for a week or so after surgery, And people start to fixate on how many pills they have left, when their next dose is. Those are the psychological aspects of these medications. And these can occur, again, within 72 hours. And these patients can get very nasty and very unruly. Um, And and after lots of calls and discussions and talking and coming to the office, you know, at the end of the day, the patients do well. And looking back, they all, weeks or months down the road, will say, I can't believe how I felt, how I was acting, I can't believe the side effects. It changed me. And what they also will notice is that, you know what, once I get off the medicines, actually the pain wasn't that bad. And that's the thing that we're also seeing is the more narcotics you use, sometimes it hypersensitizes your nervous system. So you're having pain, you're taking a narcotic, more and more narcotic, and it actually makes the pain feel worse. And that's one of the issues with these drugs. They're causing these problems and making the pain worse. So the thinking is then you need more medicine. You need more narcotic and causes more problems and more side effects. But people will tell me very commonly, you know, I felt so fuzzy and groggy and weird that actually, even though it was painful, I'd rather have a little bit more pain than the side effects of those drugs. So it's definitely an important thing to be very, very cautious about. Um, So just keep this in mind for next time you have a minor injury or a fracture or minor surgery or major surgery, that just understand for those smaller things, many times you do not need a narcotic. Um, And if you do for a minor surgery, you typically shouldn't need it for more than 72 hours. And if you have major surgery, you shouldn't need the narcotic for the most part for more than two weeks. But definitely, you should not be considering and using narcotics unless you've exhausted other pain pills, such as acetaminophen or anti-inflammatories, 
Or again, there are some other prescription medications that your doctor may talk to you about using if they're appropriate for you before going to the narcotics because of the extremely high level of side effects and the addictive properties. And all of those things can be dangerous. So you have to use them very, very cautiously. So I really hope that this maybe helps answer questions that you've had or maybe gives you information on a friend or a family member that you've seen struggle with pain and with narcotics, but also to educate and inform you that just understanding that if you're going in and seeing someone and they're not giving you narcotics, this is why. But also if you do see someone that's giving you an excessive number of narcotics, being a smart, educated patient, you may ask, is there something that's not narcotic that they could use or that they could give you or prescribe to you instead of those narcotics for the injury or the surgery that you had? And then only if the pain is uncontrollable by using those, then consider the narcotic after that. Start with the less risky stuff first. So again, I'm Adam Rosen. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Until next time, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.